1: Welcome back to the Freedom Challenge online podcast. This is your host, Tracy Doherty. This month, we've been celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Freedom Challenge. I still, when I say it, I'm like, what? Specifically, we're looking back and we're highlighting stories from women who have been apart from the beginning. And if you're a new listener or sister and you're wondering what we are all about at the Freedom Challenge, we are a movement of passionate women who participate in physical challenges that test our limits while raising funds and awareness to set women and children on the path to freedom. We aim to do good. I would call that biblical justice, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, and to do it together in community, in our fight for freedom. You know, I've been anticipating this conversation with a dear guest. This is a godly woman, a fellow freedom sister. Her name is Heather Laba. I am thrilled to have her say yes to coming on to have this conversation with me, to open up her story for you to hear more about her journey with the Freedom Challenge. So Heather, welcome, and would you introduce yourself? Maybe give us a little bit about where you're calling in from, who you are, and what you're currently doing.
0: Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Just a little bit about me. I am originally from Northeast Ohio, but I now live in South Atlanta. And My husband and I left the business world in 1996 to go into full-time vocational ministry. And since then, we have worked with two different mission agencies. In total, we served 14 years in South Africa and working Mm. in Southern Africa. And just really um, appreciated our time living on the continent and working there. Although I'm still part-time with our mission agency, I also work four days a week working in the community as a peer counselor with a local pregnancy center, and I am also newly appointed as the assistant director. I just love it.
1: Heather, you connected from the Freedom Challenge from the very beginning, and I believe you were living and serving in Africa at the time, where the first Freedom Challenge took place in Tanzania. So tell us about the first time you heard about this vision, and what was the why behind your personal buy-in?
0: In January 2011, Todd and I moved back to work on the African continent. And um, it was a whole year before the very first climb, which happened in January 2012. And my husband and I had just rejoined the work in Africa. And we were initially living with Kuhn and Surya. And they were a couple that were instrumental in helping Kathy Anderson at the onset of. Freedom Climb, the original name of uh, Freedom Challenge. And I can recall standing in their kitchen and hearing Saria just talk about the early planning of the Kilimanjaro Climb and the purpose of it. And I was completely inspired. In fact, the vision of advocating for vulnerable women and children was compelling.
1: Yeah, I've heard a lot about Saria. I've never met her, but man, what I hear about her life and her legacy. And she even compiled a book that I know that is still available Mm -hmm. for anyone who would want to read more about the story of Freedom Climb. But I I have always desired to just know her because she's so intertwined in this story. So, And in yours. So as you know, it's the 10 year anniversary. And Mm. I would be interested in knowing what your role was in 2012 for the very first Freedom Climb. What did that look like? Paint a picture for us.
0: So, after hearing about Freedom Climb, now Freedom Challenge from Surya, I wanted to be involved somehow. But as I thought about it, I, I didn't really think climbing would be a personal option for me at that point. But I thought, just in case I'm supposed to climb, I better pray about it. So that kind of launched into a personal journey for me of just exploring. How could I be part of something so epic? And it was so new and fresh. I just knew there was something about it that I wanted to be part of. So one day I was praying about Kilimanjaro and whether I should climb or not. And as I was praying, a picture came into my mind. I'm not sure if it was a vision or what, but I clearly saw in my mind's eye a group of people praying at the base of a mountain. Mm. I could I can remember sitting up and saying out loud, that's it. I, I said it out loud, that's it. Mm. And distinctly I knew that my role for that first climb was in prayer. Which is interesting because I had not been part of a prayer team before. In fact, I kind of always relegated those type of jobs to super religious people or something like that. But that, it began a journey of me just knowing, exploring with the Lord, what does it mean to be part of Freedom Challenge on the prayer side? And what was interesting is that the vision for a Freedom Challenge prayer team actually came Six months before I had that picture in my mind, I found out later that a freedom sister from Nevada, she had that exact same vision of of a group of people praying at a mountain and felt that we were supposed to have a prayer team. But it wasn't until I had that vision as well that something was birthed. Mm -hmm. So in the end, we were 10 women from three countries that joined that first Freedom Challenge prayer team. And that included Sheila Slocum, good old Mm. Sheila, who eventually became the prayer coordinator for Freedom Challenge in the US. She's now Mm. gone to be with Jesus, but it was a very special team that God gathered.
1: Yeah, her and her and Kathy are probably literally climbing some sort of mountain and enjoying (laughs) the beauty of whatever eternity looks Mm. like for them in this current place. She was a wonderful woman and I so enjoyed just learning from her and i still feel you know the fruit of both all, all those who sowed in mm. in the beginning in prayer so well one of the things that i like to say is that if you don't go you don't know so there's just mystery mm-hmm. in these there's mystery in these mountains in these places and it's almost like it becomes a sanctuary where god is showing up in ways that really truly you have to be there to experience and prayer as you stated is a huge part of the challenge so mm-hmm. i would be interested in hearing maybe a favorite moment where god's mystery and his glory showed up to the women who participated in this climb in 2012 maybe a if you don't go you don't know moment you know op- open up and mm-hmm. and show us what that looked like in that early first climb
0: There were just so many special moments from that first challenge. I mean, everything was uncharted territory. And I specifically remembered during the first climb that we had decided to do a a 24-hour-a-day prayer covering while the ladies were at the mountain. Mm. And we prayed all night long in shifts from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., in one-hour shifts, with our little group of 10 in this prayer room, we were set up on a property that was located just outside the, the, on the border of Kenya and Tanzania. And we were facing Kilimanjaro. So that was pretty special to be able to look every day towards Kilimanjaro, knowing our ladies were up there climbing. And, and before we started, we had compiled a book that had pictures of all of our ladies that were climbing and a little bio. Mm. It also included their personal prayer requests, maybe why they were climbing. And we did something unique. We had them each trace their hand so that we could lay our hands on their hands and pray specifically for them, whether it be during the night or during the day. and. And just ask the Lord, um, yeah, what is he saying? How can we pray for them? Because communication was really difficult in that first climb. We weren't getting much information off of the mountain. So we had to rely on the Holy Spirit to guide our prayers. And I think what was faith building for me and really encouraging is that after the challenge was over, many of the climbers testified that God had revealed to us as a prayer team exactly what their needs were on the mountain, even though we didn't know what they were. Mm-hmm. And as I just said, it really built my faith that we have a God who sees us personally, and he alerts other people to pray for us, even when we cannot logistically communicate. And so he really guided us during those early prayer days. I um, One of the Prayer team members from the First Climb had this to say, and I thought it represents the story well. She said, for me, the privilege of the prayer team was being able to leave behind domestic life and concentrate purely on praying God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It opened my eyes to a new kind of prayer and an authority in prayer that we have as God's children, heirs with Christ Jesus. Mm.
1: Well, that's a silo moment. It's a oh, moment to stop and think on this.
0: Mm.
1: It, it, it just what you described there is, you know, beautiful, glorious. I can attest to, I came into the whole scene at seven summits as just a participant, you know, a, a catalytic leader bringing a team of women. And I actually remember the little hand um, project for prayer, and mm. it was so meaningful to me to know that that was happening because Seven Summits was so hard. Now, certainly, nothing like Kilimanjaro, which I will soon be embarking on in a few months. But <laughs> the this idea of um, the hand, and I remember there was just different prayers that people had written on my hand that had been traced mm. i didn't even know yeah. that that's where that came from all the way back then it's it, it really was rich that's in awesome. meaning for me yeah mm. Mm. So, yeah so our current prayer coordinator ruth willett you know ruth has yes. i don't know she's coined the phrase or you know grabbed hold of this idea that mm-hmm. when we worship god fights And, you know, prayer and worship just being so intertwined with what's really most prominent and significant Mm -hmm. for the things that we do. You know, I'm thinking about how Mm -hmm. the worshipers went out right before the fight. And so, all of this imagery of together in prayer and our steps matter, our prayers matter, has really been something that I have learned through all of this, but believe is becoming the culture of the Freedom Challenge because it was planted way back in 2012. But I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on the importance of prayer and worship in the fight against modern-day slavery, not just in these challenges, but just us as everyday people and women. You know, tease that out a little bit with some of your own stories and maybe deeper into your years. With freedom, climb now. Freedom challenge.
0: You know, Tracy, there is a mystery. It is a mystery of how God works with man in accomplishing His purpose on Earth, and certainly prayer and worship is an integral part of that. I um, I remember the Everest climb, which was the second Freedom challenge that was done in April of 2013. I think when I think of worship combined with prayer I think more of this challenge than even Kilimanjaro because the the Lord gave us the mandate of worship and the name of Jesus those were two things we felt very strongly about as well as we took communion every day and it's interesting we had no idea that there was going to be quite a lot of illness in the first few days uh, there were um a sickness that went through the camp yeah. and because of that illness it just there was a lot of uncertainty and just a lot of fear and that particular challenge was quite long and because of the length of time the ladies were on the mountain we had two different prayer teams the alpha and the omega and mm-hmm. i happened to be on the second prayer team omega and so, I can remember landing uh, in in Kathmandu and going to visit that first prayer team and kind of not knowing what to expect because they had just been hit with uh, sickness and and um, just uncertainty on the mountain. And so here we were. We had this beautiful time where we kind of changed over first prayer team Alpha to Omega second prayer team and. And I can remember uh, standing in this little upper room of this place building that we were borrowing, and we just all got together and felt like we just needed to worship. We needed to just pray and to worship. And and one of the prayer team members was a mother of a climber on the mountain. And I can remember at the beginning, she was a little bit concerned, didn't quite know what was happening with her daughter. And So we just began to enter in and to just worship. And Mm. it's one of those moments where it's hard to recount the story because it's very special when you're there, but hard to explain in words. But I can remember her uh, sitting there with um, all the names of the climbers in her hands. She like put them in her lap and we just began to worship and pray back and forth just around her. And it was like this peace overwhelmed her. And she just sat there. I remember not saying anything, but she had her hands lifted up and one hand on the names of the, the climbers, which her daughter's name would have been in that pile and one hand up in the air. And, and as we worshiped, I just opened my eyes And I felt the Lord just speak into my spirit and say, This is a picture of how I am in this situation. This woman sitting beside me, whose daughter was on the mountain and her situation was unknown, she was completely at peace. And the Lord was saying to me, I am at peace. I am in control. You don't need to worry. And I, that just has always stuck with me, um how the Father enters in to our story, and just even the the power of of worship and prayer and in his presence it it brought peace into a very messy situation, and I think a strong testimony through it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a rich story. I can visually see what you're saying. So thank you for drawing the picture so well for us. Mm. And definitely something that I'm sure you've taken with you for many years and remembering that shalom, regardless yes. of what is happening around that place of yes. deep yes. inner peace where you know chaos is stilled and order is brought by the hand of God. Amen. Hmm. Good stuff. I always think in heaven it will be so good to have like you know well like in eternity the new heaven and new earth. This is it my the, the, to actually have like real rewound yes. stories to to yes. to see it you know like in the action you know all of these not just scriptural tales but like these mm-hmm. kinds of moments yes. that are like not just a moment in time but the moment of God in time. It's yes. It's really just a it will be special. Yeah, privilege to be a part of those kinds of moments and they just stick with us. Amen. So, just rounding all of this out, I would like to open, you know, the opportunity for you to speak directly to any freedom sister or any listener who is either currently raising funds and awareness to go on a trip like this or a challenge like this or is participating right now. They're in the middle of it. As you know, we're going to Kilimanjaro for the Mm 10-year anniversary in October 2022. So offer some encouragement as closing thoughts.
0: It's a privilege. I am just so excited for each lady that God is calling on this climb because I feel that he has a very special purpose in using the ones that he calls, whether it be prayer team people or climbing people, Where whatever God's role is, it is purposeful and it's designated by him. You know, Tracy, I think my experience with Freedom Challenge and prayer teams is really best summarized by a vision that was seen by a Kilimanjaro prayer team member from that very first climb in 2012. It was interesting. She saw, as she was preparing for our prayer team and the climb, she saw a hiking boot in her mouth one day. Mm. And so she was curious about that. And she asked the Lord what it was about. And he explained to her very simply that the intercessors will be climbing too, but they will be climbing just with their mouths. Mm. And I thought, you know, indeed, for 10 years now, God has been partnering climbers and prayer team members to just stand together against the ills of modern day slavery. Some are climbing physically, as some will be in October, and others will be climbing with a boot in their mouth Mm. through prayer and worship. And all of it is intense, all of it's hard work. Sometimes it's painful, sometimes it's not, and yet I really believe that most freedom sisters through the years would agree that being part of the freedom challenge as hard as it may be, it is extremely rewarding and it is so worth the effort.
1: Amen. Mm. I'll never forget the boot in the mouth. I just <laughs> feel awesome. yeah, I just feel like I've been filled in on just a lot of history of mm. what happened in that space, at the base of the mountain.
0: and the It was very special.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather, for being here with me today. And I hope everyone who hears these words is absolutely inspired. You are a gem, Heather. I admire you so very much. And I'm always grateful for the way that you've contributed to the building of this movement of passionate women through the years. Thank you for having me. Tracy. Yes. And as a reminder, everyone who is listening, I want to highlight the Kathy Anderson Scholarship Fund this month, the month of April. This memorial fund was set up to honor Kathy, to keep her name as the founder of this ministry alive and to bring opportunity for women who may not have the funds to go on a trip like this. And allowing them to really focus on raising support, sharing their own story, and helping educate their community on the devastation of human trafficking and modern day slavery. This scholarship is available to women who need the financial support, and you can apply on our website. It's also in the show notes. We love to see women and the family, and those that have contributed to this fund always take such great joy in seeing that happen. Until next time, friends, let's continue to do good by helping enslaved women and children to do more than you ever thought physically possible and doing it together by connecting with women who have a heart for a hurting world. God bless.